This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength, informed, sports-certified formulations to support recovery, boost immunity, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Welcome to episode number 254 of the Inside Run Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Got a maybe a quicker show coming at you this week. Not much running news. We'll go to the Diamond League final. We'll talk about um, some Australians in action over in Europe. Melbourne Marathon segment again. Thanks to those guys for supporting the podcast. That's getting closer every week that we record. And um, also a bit of stuff about the Great North Run that happened yesterday overseas also so uh, a bit to get through looking forward to talking running with my two co-hosts as we do each and every each and every other week on this podcast welcome to my co-host bradley croker up in canberra how you going croaks good thanks brady you'll be happy to know that the uh podcast nrl team made it through week one of the finals the canberra raiders yeah, i did i actually looked up the results on saturday croaks because I, I didn't see any of the footage but i was just looking forward to seeing how they progressed in the first week of the finals our other our afl affiliate team as well is still alive in the afl the collingwood magpies yeah. so uh, there's a bit going on in the the football codes but that's great to hear the raiders are through how many teams are still left in the um nrl uh, so we're a week behind the AFL, so there's six now. Six, yeah, yeah, very good. My other co-host down in Anglesey, Julian Spence, how you tracking? I'm good, thanks, mate. Good. That's good. Croak sounds better too, doesn't he, Moose? It's good Much better. Hear a bit Much of a bounce better. back there. Gee, he uh, up, didn't yeah. he, last week? He really hammed it up. Oh, on his deathbed, wasn't he? Yeah. No, he got, got, got pretty worse. serious. I got worse after Monday night's podcast. So tell the listeners, what did you get diagnosed with? Uh, so I ended up with pneumonia, um, which di- got diagnosed on Thursday. So pretty much when we finished recording, like my voice was no good and like I didn't feel great, but I wouldn't say I felt that sick. And then um, Monday night, I started to get like fever. Um, so basically for the next three nights, it was a cycle of I would be shivering for like two hours. Like it would get to the point where Viv would come over and like cuddle me and warm me up. She's like, you are so hot. I'm like, I'm freezing. And then I would, the fever would stop. I'd fall asleep for about half an hour and then I'd wake up in a pool of sweat. And then like that would just repeat throughout the night. So that went uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But I thought it was just some like, I don't know, like chest infection, like infection. It would just settle down. Um, and then by Wednesday night, like my chest got really, my breathing, um, I, like got really sort of shallow. Um, 
And it sort of started to panic a little bit. It almost reminded me of when I got stung by a wasp in um, Berlin, Brady, when I had that little bit of a reaction where my I couldn't sort of breathe properly. Um, and you're like, you know, when you're breathing, you're breathing normally, like you have that sort of pause at the top and a pause at the bottom, whereas obviously my breathing was no good that I couldn't breathe all the way in. And as soon as I finished breathing in, I had to breathe out like pretty quick to then get another breath in. So, yeah, I went to the doctor on Thursday um, and then, yeah, he obviously did some tests and then said, yeah, you've got um, pneumonia. He then sent me off for a chest X-ray um, just to see how bad it was because if it was, you know, if it was really bad, I would have gone to hospital and, and had antibiotics through the drip. But um, as it turned out, I just, uh, yeah, I've just got like two lots of two different antibiotics. Um, so, yeah, it was still pretty ordinary Friday, Saturday. It took a couple of days for the antibiotics to kick in. Um, and, yeah, like last night was probably like the first night where I was able to sleep properly. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty shit week, <laughs> pretty shit week last week. Probably, the, I guess, the worst sickness I've ever had. No running at all as well, of course. That's No, nah, right. I didn't yeah. run. And, and to be honest, like running was like just not even on the radar. Like I just didn't did not care about running at all. I just wanted my health back. Yeah, fair enough. Would have been scary, that breathing stuff, but good to hear you're getting better now. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Um, yeah, like I don't know that many people. Like you know, anytime I've heard of pneumonia, it's been like older people yeah. and a lot of people have often, like older people have often died. That's why I was new... concerned when you said you had it, like yeah. your age. But I can see like how scary it is. Like, you know, my lungs are pretty good and on that Wednesday night when my breathing started to become like pretty tough and then what made it worse was then I started to panic a little bit and like I had to sort of just calm myself down because you know you then go into a panic attack and that affects your breathing even more so um but in terms of returning to running I guess uh yeah I guess it's a pretty sort of slowish um rebuild like just lots of easy jogging where the heart rate strap um just like you know I won't be jumping back into back into sessions quickly mm. Oh well, good to see, good to hear you on the better side of it. I think I said that last week actually about your sickness. <laughs> Everything's on the right side, but now it's uh, hopefully for good. Moose, what have you been doing? You've been doing some running. I'm just going through your Strava. Did not, um, a, did not, huge fi- did not fill my request from getting a bit creative with these titles. Oh, Nothing. yeah, I'm too busy not for a, that. Not shit, a photo, mate. not a title in sight here. Honestly, I like. Come on. What do you mean? I'm flat Jeez, out. Even your kudos are going down too. I think the punters out there, the population who follow you, are really um, getting disappointed. Not a lot of kudos coming through to you. I can't. Um, Followers dropping. I, I wouldn't be kudosing my shit either. Like, to be fair, it's pretty average. What about you do a week of throwback photos where every day this week you upload an old photo of you running over the years? <laughs> Of me running, yeah, just get yeah. some old Chico State style, Lee, Lee Troop style. Does Troop do that? Does he? <laughs> He's been doing it lately oh, on yeah. Facebook. Has he? Oh, videos. I'm not friends with him on Facebook. I'm gonna add yeah, him. There you go, Moose. That's that's a good idea. I don't think there's that many photos of me actually running. I was pre camera, I was pre social media. So for the seven days, we could go Chico State. Your old ultra running days. That's two. Maybe oh. one with the Australian uniform. Three. Maybe a couple like um, Geelong uniforms back in the day. That's yeah, that's at least five, and then you can give me two of like just some special, or maybe um, you play an AFL moves. I'd love to see one yeah, of those. Get one of those out there too. No, I was well and truly before the internet was even a thing. Yeah. I don't have photos of that. I was talking to Rory Flanagan. Remember we talked about oh, him a yeah, couple Rory. weeks ago, and I said, "Oh, was that really you know you, the Patreon supporter who played with Moose?" And he goes, "Yeah, that was me. I used to live down there. It was a real good footy club." Um, 
And he said you were pretty good, like coming the Falcon kids that would come back to Anglesey to play. But he reckons now they're stuffed because there's no kids coming through Anglesey anymore because no one can afford to live there. Mm. Yeah, well, funnily enough, our under-18s won the flag this year in Div 2. Uh, I don't know. Like, he's he's right in that regard. The kids are, like, it's it's a very tourist town and a real holiday maker's town. But... um. We do have, we do seem to have good athletes come out of here. Pat Dangerfield was an Anglesey footy club man, and the coach is uh, the coach now, Jordan. I run with him a bit, and he's doing a lot of recruiting. So he's got his hopes for next year, high hopes. Okay. Tell anyway, us, tell us about your running week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I jogged on the, um, I jogged on the Monday, just half an hour, because uh, I'd come off what I consider a long run, and my knee was a bit sore. So I stirred it up a bit. I think it was the the hills. The hills seemed to stir it up more than anything. Uh, I ran 40 minutes. I ran 30 minutes on the Monday, 40 minutes on the Tuesday morning. Uh, I tried to do a little pickup, actually. Uh, so I, I, like I was going to just finish strong. And I got some knee pain. So I thought, no, nah, let's just get home. Let's just jog back. Uh, so I don't, didn't really push that. Then I, like the next day, so that was... Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, I went to go for a jog in the morning. I got changed. Then I went down. I, w- I bent over to pick up here and I hurt my back, like, as I bent over. Um, so that was, like, right before I went for a run. I tried to jog out the driveway. I had to turn around that morning. So got changed, <laughs> got the kit ready, uh, got the shoes tied up, and then hurt my back. So no run on, on that day. We had um, the Saucony evening on thursday at the running company geelong so Sockney came along dropped off their range of um test wear test shoes they've got some goods like Sockney has a very strong lineup at the moment and you pro i'm not sure whether you boys have ever worn any of them um, pro and um pro. triumph yeah yeah oh, remember, the they, triumph, remember yeah. they sponsored the show i reckon they sponsored the show like when we're up to like episode nah. 40 we got a pair I, of tryouts each Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah they maybe. Were, they were great. Yeah. The new one's even better. So the new one is one like shoe of the year nearly. I reckon it's massive highlight for me. Uh, the Endorphin Pro Three is probably the best race shoe at the moment on, on in my rotation. So I love it. I think it would be a hard choice between that or the Alpha Fly for marathon if I was going to run a marathon next week. Um, if I was doing a 10K, it'd be the Endorphin Pro, the, the third version. So I reckon they're a serious contender now. That's pretty good. Like That's a good endorsement considering they're not sponsoring this week's show. Well, and I've got all the super shoes. Like, yeah. I've got them. The, the, there's a lot that I don't like. Uh, and, and I might like them for one run and then not like them again. And I've worn this every time I've worn it. I took it off and thought, that just makes me want to go running that shoe. Um, so I'm a big fan of, of that and um, it, it helps, like it, it feels very snappy. It's got a strong rocker, but it's also got a big bubble of cushion right under the, the ball of the foot, kind of like an Alpha Fly. And I really like the Alpha Fly too. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to be wearing that more often. Tan relay shoe this week. But yeah, we had the wear test kit. So we went out for a jog that night. So it was just half an hour. Um, pretty cool. Pretty good, good vibe, pretty bad weather, so not that many people showed up, whatever. Next day, ran half an hour around Anglesey. Um, 
What did I do? Oh, yeah, that was just me running. And then on um, Saturday morning, I ran with Bree. We did some strides afterwards. Ran with the pram, share the duties. You ever run with um, your wife, fellas, with the pram? No, negative. Never done that? I've run with my wife, Not never run with the pram. Not a wife and, not the wife and baby combo. Do no. you put the dog underneath the pram too? Nah, dog's staying at home. Um, but this, it's it's okay. Like it's not it's not bad because half the run, you're not you're just running normally, and then the other half, you've got to deal with the pram, which sucks. But kind of go on these routes where you can push it way ahead, and then just run with a normal sort of gait through like arm swing, and then you get up to it and you push it way ahead. You haven't been doing much pram running, though, have you? When you Brady? say way ahead, you mean like. Like half oh, a meter. Like ahead. Ten meters. <laughs> ten meters. Yeah. You put it ten meters ahead and just of let it you fly. Can. What's gonna happen? The one I've got attaches to your hand, so like even if you let go, it's still got a bit of like cord to keep you in touch oh, with you, it. Yeah, I don't use that. That's like the nerd thing. <laughs> We've got that too. <laughs> also called the safety thing. You got a baby in there, but anyway. Yeah. Julian likes being fast and loose. Fast and loose with the prams. This is a rock solid thing. Friends gave it to us. Iron Man brand. So you know it's good. I could probably, yeah. Olivia's nearly old enough to go in the pram now. Should take her for a spin soon. Yeah, it's good because we run into kangaroos and stuff out there. So you can stop and, like, watch the kangaroos. So it's pretty fun. Mm. Um, and then Sunday morning I was decided to jump in with the, the guys had a workout, like a long-run workout. Will and Lockie, they're doing Melbourne Marathon. So I... Uh, I did the, the business end of their workout. So they went 15K easy, 10K at around four-minute pace, 7K around 3.40, and then 4K around 3.30. That was the goal, but uh, they were going pretty good. Um, I jumped in, did about a 1,500-meter warm-up, then met them for a couple of K at four minutes, I think it was, and then we just ran around the sands. Um, I felt really good. Like, my knees felt great. Fitness felt okay. It just felt really cool to be in a group running fast again. Just some good vibes. Like the sun was out. Uh, these boys are fit. Like they'd obviously been running for two hours before I even met them. Um, so they were fatigued and I was fresh. So it was a bit of a cheat, a cheat's way to do it. Um, I, I, like I had a little bit more energy than they did at the time. But they, they ran really well. And so I think they're going to be on for good ones. And, yeah, that was my week. So I think it was only about 50K or so. Uh, I should look. No, it doesn't 40, matter. 47.9. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, that was with a um, with a pretty sore knee early in the week. But the knee feels good now. I've started to do, do more strength. And I've worked out I've got to stay off the hills and the trails. seems to be worse for it. If I stay flat, I can run longer and, and – um, longer slash further will you yeah. you definitely race saturday moose yeah i reckon yeah um yeah I, I can there's no reason why i wouldn't at the moment unless some staffing stuff happens at the store but i should be all good will that speed aggravate it i don't like think so i don't i think i should be okay race. should be right yeah it's probably more the hills like that long downhill that's got the most amount of potential to to stir it up but last last event get through this and I then it's fun run season will you run um divvy one I don't think so be right think on the be, 
I don't think that distance, that's not a strength of mine. I've never really had a good race at the tan in the past. I don't have a good record there. So I think he's going to have some... The, this, mm, Do you reckon the selectors yeah. are digging up old results to look at your past history? No, I don't think we have selectors. I think it's just a couple of blokes uh, that they actually try to palm the job off. They try to get other people to make the decision. It's not like oh, really? you, you guys. It's not like you shafting Jamie Cook and absolute like being real ruthless like that. A, I'm not a selector. We just fill out a Google form and then that goes through to the selection committee. Then I got You're not email. on the selection committee. No. Nah, then I just. Got I heard you were actually. I'm not on the selection committee. Then I just got an email today saying this is what the teams are. Did you get a gig? Got a gig. Divi one. Yep. Just. A couple of young fellas coming up, actually. The two back kids went first and second at the Australian Cross Country Champs over in Adelaide in the under-18 race the other day. So, um, yeah, but which is pretty think exciting. About, so they're coming this up. Is, this is more like a 5K race than a 1500. Yeah, well, I think their cross-country race was 6K. So yeah. they're used to running that distance. But what were they running for 5K on the track? Oh, they're probably 1430, guys, 1435. Okay, Didn't yeah. Didn't they run about 8.25 for 3K? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, well, the two best kids in the country at under-18s. No slouches, McMoose. Who coaches him? Andy, the big dog Buchanan. Oh, yeah. So, there you um, go. yeah. I'll tell you about my week. It's pretty cruisy. 30 minutes Monday, 30 minutes Tuesday, 40 minutes Wednesday. Uh, did 57 minutes with some strides in there on the Thursday. It was raining most of that run. But um, so it got a bit wet, but it was okay. It was good to do some strides. I just did like eight by twenty seconds, just out the front. Actually, saw a bloke uh, drove past, wound his window down, and he congratulated me on winning stall back in April, boys. Thought you'd like that story. Shut so that up. was good. Nah, true. Tony is Jones' name is Tony Jones. How about Brady? He manages to so find good. once once a week in our group chat. He manages to just slip. Oh yeah. One stall twice. How many stall stashes are they won? Every time you put some somebody else in there, I just it's like about to once know. once a week in our group chat. Yeah, so that well, great croaks are still happening in day to day life. So it's important to just remind people about that. So um, yeah, wound down the window. His uh, daughter actually is the Fox Footy. Ever watch Fox Footy Moose? Sarah Jones, the host on there. No, that's his Tony. daughter. Pretty big personality in the Tony footy Jones. World. Yeah, he's. I think his name's Tony. Not the news reporter Tony Jones. I think yeah. his name's Tony. Yeah. Anyway. So that was good. Uh, and then Saturday, I got out for a... Oh, no, Friday. What did I do Friday? Maybe I had Friday off. Maybe my run hasn't uploaded. Um, yeah, oh, I know. No, Maybe did, that was Friday. You did an hour. You did an hour at 4.22s. Did I? Yeah. Road oh, to Berlin, yeah, episode that's three. Right. Road to Berlin. Yeah, I listened to you and Christian, Moose. Um, that was really good. Patre- people, if you're not on Patreon and you're interested in marathon stuff, I'm not trying to do this just to get Patreon sign-ups, but this hour conversation between Moose and Christian, I come home and took notes. I was like, these are things I've got to like remember for my own coaching when I'm coaching marathoners, my own program when I'm getting ready for Valencia. I just thought it was a really good conversation, and Christian's really good at making it a conversation, not like you're just interviewing him um, mm. when he recaps his week. So he actually... I was like running along, like, why doesn't Moose talk about this stuff when we actually talk about training on our podcast? Because he brought you into the conversation really well. And I thought from both of you guys, it was, um, yeah, some really gems of marathon training knowledge there that anyone could listen to and implement into their own life. Have you listened to it, Croaks? 
No, mate. Been on my deathbed. You probably should have listened to it before you got out. Been doing nothing, mate. You're sitting in bed listening to a podcast. Yeah, running, running hasn't been on my mind. You're on. I will. Li- I will listen to it. You better listen to it before you host episode four this Wednesday night. So, um, yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed that whilst I was running for an hour on he the He thinks Friday. about it a lot, doesn't he? Thinks about running. He's just a smart guy. Smart life is guy. running for him. Running his life. Life is running. Yeah, it was good. Good shoe chat in there. I love how you just um, – I love the Norwegian knowledge that comes into it too, like when you started talking about this town where the half marathon was. Oh. I, like, I like all of those little details where you just yeah, paint yeah. the picture beautifully. Anyway, <laughs> that, was, that was a nice um, Friday jog. Um, then Saturday, I did a long run. Wasn't initially planning to do a long run this week. I was going to have it fully down. But then I looked at my next four weeks and, um, yeah, Tan realized this weekend coming. Weekend after that's pretty normal. The weekend after that's Melbourne Marathon, though, and I'm going to be doing some pacing there. So I wanted to – I kind of looked at – and then I think it's like eight weeks until Valencia. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of not going to do a, a long time on feet long run for potentially – or I might do one out of, you know, three weeks. So I just thought – I'm feeling fresh. I was feeling good. I was probably ready to get back into training like on the, the Thursday, Friday. I was feeling good. And I thought I might just pencil in a long run here, get this one done because I'm going to miss a couple in the next couple of weeks. So I did um, I did two hours 45 I listened to that Derek Clayton interview with, um, who's the man, your mate, Moose? Andre Lagersh. Andre Lagersh on the Cardiology podcast. Uh, I found it was it was pretty interesting. Got me through the first hour. Uh, I wish they talked more about his training. Like he just, he, he threw some numbers around there a lot where he was talking about, you know, 200, 300 miles a week. I think he said at one stage he was running, which is just absolutely insane. Um, and yeah, I would have loved to hear a bit more about what his what his weeks actually looked like, not just just the mileage, but pretty cool. I didn't think that. Talk. I don't think that was the point. I know, of the yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah and was... I was listening to it like, oh, if I was interviewing, these are the questions I'd ask. But I think it was more the cardiology stuff, which you could tell the way they brought that in throughout the conversation. Mm. Um, and but still, like getting you know an hour exposure to him, which I've heard is pretty hard to um to get i don't think he does much media so it was still absolutely better than nothing so that got me through the first hour then i listened to a bit of music it kind of dragged the last like 30 40 minutes but um, have you read clayton's book no i haven't got it i can't you can't get a copy of it yeah it's pretty I've hard got to one. get where'd you get yours from scott uh yes uh i think i got two copies now i reckon i had one i reckon one through scott and then i had i got another one I'll, um, I'll do your swap. Yeah, you might have to borrow one. Is that running to the top, that one? That would be his only one, wouldn't it's it? It's only one book, yeah. It's a little red one, tiny little red book. And that documents his training yeah. really well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It talks about um, – I can't believe how many injuries he got. Yeah. Like that, and how many was published. Yeah, yeah. And how many yeah. surgeries he had. Like he was getting knee surgeries and Achilles surgery. He was getting all sorts of surgeries. Um, I think he had like 11 or something. Back when surgeries were like major, and you could, you know, no sort of no keyhole surgery. Yeah, yeah, and it seemed a little bit like uh, experimental stuff back then too. Like, oh, like I don't think they would do the same sorts of surgeries as they would now. Yeah, and even just like the stories about the Olympics and Fukuoka and. Um, yeah, it was incredible. And it, and, it, and they always bring up, and we do it as well, like why haven't our marathoners got that Australian record? Like from his his era, Deke Monaghetti, like why are we still not running that quick? 
And I think it comes down to the mileage. Like these guys were just doing monster mileage, like for huge amounts of years stacked on top of each other. And I'm not yeah. sure if our current guys are doing that same amount of, like he's talking 200 mile weeks. Like I think we'd be stretched to find athletes doing 200K weeks. Um, yep. And if they do, maybe they just do it for four or five weeks leading into a marathon. Like these guys seem to be doing that year round. Um, so yeah, but I Volume guess. Volume and consistency. Mm. Those two things. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, we, we, we obsess over the small things, I reckon, like workout specifics, paces, recoveries, all this. Yeah. When it's 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 volume and consistency, which is the ninety five percent of the success, and and because we can quantify the other stuff, and it's fun to play around with things, and like we complicate it, I reckon. Like I'm so guilty of trying, like sitting down and working out a session and spending fifteen minutes working the details out when it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I said, I reckon I said, I don't know, like a month ago, a couple of months ago that I can't remember, it must have been a listener question about like, like how, you know, you're going well or whatever. And for me, it's like, if I can look back and see that I've strung together like 15 weeks of like good volume, it doesn't even matter what I've done from a session point of view in that. I know I'm going to be running well. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, volume's the key. And I think he said that as well. Like he's like, oh, I wasn't worried about running fast because he, he was preparing for the marathon and that's a no longer distance event so he'd wanted to smash himself over i think he was running a marathon pretty much every weekend and that's 14 that's 14 15 weeks croaks what about like four years Mm. that's that's when shit gets real like in terms of fitness when that's when breakthroughs happen oh like Mm. jeremy roth's perfect example of that guy never missed anything for 10 years and then you know i'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this like not the most like naturally gifted runner but he didn't miss anything for 10 years and ran 334. Mm. Um, yeah, which back then 334 was like pretty damn quick. Yeah, and do you think, because then I looked at a couple of comments, because I did two hours 45, which I was like, that's nothing, like, yeah, it's 15 minutes more than like two and a half hours, of course, but it's it come up as 39K on Strava, looks good. And then people are like, you know, this is great, well done, this is a huge flex, you know, you're a mileage monster, things like that. But I'm like... If Derek Clayton did this back in the day, he'd just be like, "This is this is four k short of my um, standard no. Sunday." Yeah, no, that's like I, the Ballarat group was two and a half hours. That's mm-hmm. just what you'd run. Yeah, two and a half hours. Oh, you're doing a marathon? You go longer. Yeah, that yep. and that's moving through the bush. Like that's thirty five k at least every Sunday, no problems. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Whereas now, I think we we over celebrate this stuff because we think it's a bit like yeah rare whereas it should be just the accepted thing every yeah. weekend yeah I, I agree with that too uh then so that was saturday i did that saturday because we wanted to have a couple of beers on uh saturday night lit the fire it was good to be home for the weekend watch collingwood destroy the freo dockers and then i got out for 45 minutes on the sunday morning nice and easy 449 pace got got a bit of single track in there so that slowed me down a bit uploaded a picture of the collingwood magpie boys there moose dacos crisp so um and he's good i'll pay that that bloke is a freak how exciting is the brand of footy they play how they just like all endurance athletes should be loving watching collingwood because they just pretty much run up and down and just try to run teams off their feet it's mm. a very exciting brand of footy to watch yeah you've got some like pendlebury i remember 
watching against Geelong, just thinking, this guy is the silkiest player. Yeah. He, no one can touch him. He's got, he's got more intuition about a game than anyone else on the field. That's that's what I was thinking. And then, but then you've got Dacos. I'm like, this kid's how old? Nineteen. Like, yeah. Nineteen years old in his first year of footy. He is incredible. Yeah. He is going to be the, the best in the game. And then Ginevan, I think he's like nineteen or twenty. He's kicked like forty goals for the year as well. Like with all the media, like pressure on him, just stands up in big games and stuff. Like it's just so many good stories. Croaks, not an AFL podcast, obviously, but for a team to go from seven eight to a prelim, it's just unbelievable. Just enjoying the ride. Hopefully, we've got a couple more weeks left of it. Collingwood supporters out there, but that was my week, boys. Ninety seven point six k. Uh, down weeks complete. First uh, run towards Valencia today. Got uh, 12 weeks, I think, until that marathon rolls around. So should be good. Stay 12 sp- weeks, eh? Hey? Yeah, it's coming around. It's going to come around quick. When I started yep. looking at the program, I'm like, ugh. And I'm in a, you know, I'm in a really good spot. Like, I'm very happy from where I'm at. Um, so, yeah, actually, yeah, 12 weeks it was yesterday. 11 weeks this weekend. So that should be good. Town Relay, smack a fast 3 4 k Had a look at some old times today. Croker's got the fastest time of the, the show, Moose. Didn't know that. It's only run around it? at once. Only done it once. <laughs> What's what, the time? What was it, 11.19 or something? 11, no, 11.16, I think. Oh, yeah. 11.16. I looked up. I'm not uh, far off that. Jeez. Weren't you like 11.55? No, no, no. That was once. Oh. How many years did you look at? I only looked at a couple of years. <laughs> um I only looked at the years that I was trying to find. I reckon I'll run eleven seventeen or something. Ooh, I've run uh, fastest time I found for myself was eleven twenty four. Back in two thousand ten. Hold on, I'm going to the tan. I'm going. Is there a place to see them all in one spot? I'm just going to the Strava segments. No, there is a list. There is is actually. This is pre Strava two thousand and ten. I didn't have Strava. Oh, I uploaded all my old stuff. I went through it. Let me have a look. Um, they need an all-time list somewhere. Like, but it, it, I know it, there's a top it, it, 10, but you need the guys who are like 100th on this list. Uh, run the 10 on their website, have a top 100. Oh. Yeah. Are you in yeah. that, Croaks? I, don't know. I was, but I'm not sure, because every year they run this event, you'll get knocked out. Uh, but it hasn't been updated. Uh, yeah, so... Hall of Fame, top 100. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is great radio, boys. Craig Mottram up the yeah, top. Yeah, 11-16, equal 98. Oh, you're still in the top 100. Oh. Yeah. When did that get updated? I don't see Julian Spence here. No Julian uh, Spence Well, in the no, top not if I'm 11-17. Oh, yeah. That's my goal then for this weekend, to, be, to get in this top 100. 11-16 for 3.8K with a massive hill in there. Okay, okay. Oh, there's not there's some not that good runners in front of you, Crokes. Not going to say any names. <laughs> I did it once. I wasn't it wasn't that fit. Hey, I run. I reckon I ran like thirty one something for t- for the Canberra Times ten k the week before and finished third in that race. And then I ran uh, I ran Melbourne half after that in like sixty six something, and then I ran twenty nine fifty nine at Zadapec in December. That was that was the, that year. Yeah. So Jeez. I wasn't wasn't setting any records. Collis is thirty third, ten fifty two. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna check that out after the show. I'm pretty excited to look through some of those old names. Let's thank some Patreon supporters. Bradley, who you got this week? Uh, Isabel Kiki Rekov um, from Mossman. 
Uh, Isabel's part of the run crew um, group up there and gets in the pool a bit and possibly possibly owns a cat who likes sleeping in Nike shoeboxes. Uh, ran Launceston Half Marathon this year in uh, 93 minutes, which was a three-minute PB and seventh female. And she ran 41.59 at the Sun Run, um, which is her 10K PB, which is a, it's a tough 10K. So on a flat course, she'd run a lot faster. So thanks for your support, Isabel. Yeah, thanks, Isabel. Isabel. Who you got, Moose? Um, I got Peter Jenkins. I think he's from Sydney, Queenscliff in Sydney. Um, coached by Ali Pashley. Uh, 1858 5K, 130.28 for the half marathon. Loves running and beer, and he's just trying to find a balance and get some more consistency going. Um, he's training for Melbourne Marathon. He also sails, so fits his running in around sailing races. He's done Sydney to Hobart several times. Really? So, yes. Sailing. That's an interesting combination. Yachting. Sailing. Yachting. Very cool. Yeah. I'm going to thank Campbell Carter. His uh, 50th birthday is on this Sunday, and to celebrate is running the Sydney Marathon. Uh, was it the Gold Coast Live podcast, boys? Um, he ran 3.10 at Melbourne last year, and he's also going to do the Sydney-Melbourne double. That's going to be tough to pull off, Campbell, I reckon. What do you got two weeks between the race days? Uh, barracks for the mighty Collingwood Magpies. already spoken about them today, so a big part of the Collingwood Army is Campbell. So have a good 50th on Sunday morning. Have a marathon to celebrate, Campbell. And thanks for your support of the Inside Running podcast. All our listeners over there that keep the show alive each and every week. There's bonus content. You get the early release. Uh, about 110 episodes over there if you want to um, support us and then get your RSS feed, put that into your podcast player, and then about 110 episodes will appear in there. All the old Road to Nowhere stuff, all the Road to Valencia stuff, all the Road to New York stuff, all the bonus question and answer episodes. And all the Road to Berlin stuff with Christian hitting your airways every Wednesday night leading up to the race. So there's plenty of content there if that's what you want. And uh, yeah, support us, bring the show to you each and every week and covering the sport here in Australia. Running news, boys. Patrons. Yeah, thanks to those legends. Australia's premier micronutrition brand, Pillar Performance, is the leading choice when it comes to high-strength formulations to power Australian running performance. Pillar's range is purposely formulated to support optimal recovery, elevate energy production, relieve joint inflammation, and boost immunity, providing potent, targeted micronutrition support to middle and long-distance runners. The Pillar range is now completely informed sports certified, meaning all Pillar products are independently batch-tested and athlete-safe. This commitment to quality and clean sport now sees Pillar used by more than 40 professional sporting teams and countless individual athletes across the country. The Pillar team is celebrating the recent launch of their Ultra Immune C Powder, an immunity-boosting formula featuring a high-strength dose of vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D. The perfect partner for a heavy training block or race preparation, Ultra Immune C, has been developed in consultation with leading professional sporting organisations to address the specific immunity challenges associated with run-down athletes. 
The powerful combination of immunity-boosting micros is delivered in a light powder and features a delicious tropical twist, keeping your immune system firing in even the toughest conditions. To celebrate this release, the Pillar team has an exclusive offer for Inside Running podcast listeners. Head to their website and use the code SKIPSICK to receive a $10 off Ultra Immune C. That's S-K-I-P-S-I-C-K. To redeem this offer, or for more information on Pillar Performance and their range of sports micronutrition, head to pillarperformance.shop. I'm uh, going to go Diamond League final first, Moose. Tell us about what happened there. 5K? Well, I didn't actually watch this. However, I got I was in about eight message groups that just really had negative feedback about this course. So it was held on the street course, 563 metres, lapped course, women's race. There were seven ladies under 15 minutes. Um, we had one, Rose Davies, who was... 10th place, um, which was last in 16.04. So not a brilliant run from Rose. Uh, I haven't seen her racing that much since Com Games, have we, or at all? Right? Well, even her season, like, she, you know, she ran well um, to get the, what, 10K standard in, was it Stanford she did that? Um, but then I wouldn't say that she's had a an amazing season like i can't remember off the top of my head any of her results that i'm like oh wow that was a really impressive run from rose in the last five months is that fair to, fair to say yeah yeah i just yeah. feel like she's we, been over there forever too it's been it's funny because you watch like ollie and and um ollie stewie even izzy to a degree like they they do have these great runs and then they might have a, a bad run, but then they come back and run really well again. Um, so they have put some huge runs down it. But, yeah, we haven't really seen that big one after Rose did run that, like, April, I guess it was, wasn't it? After mm. she was so dominant over over here in summer. Um, but, yeah, in the so the top three, Beatrice Chabet ran 14.32, Margaret Chalimo Kip Kemboy was second. Same time, so must have been close. Didn't see the finish, to be honest. Goodaf Tessagai was third, 14.33. That's Tessagai, isn't it? Oh, Segay. Segay. <laughs> well, three options there, listeners. Pick and choose whichever one you like. Uh, in the men's, um, Nicholas Kip career he was in first place again very tight race here he ran 13 flat and so he's knocked off um dominic lokinyomo lobaloo um what's that south sudan is that what's that country he SS, might be right ssd or was he hang on i want to get this right no oh, well i think <laughs> He, yeah, South Sudan, you're right. South Sudan, how there about that? There was another athlete who was running really well. From um, He was one of the refugee runners. Oh, yeah. And I okay. thought I was getting confused there for a second. Have we heard of this bloke before? Um, well, we must have if he's made the Diamond League final. Well, so he's run 13 flat to come second. Yeah, his PB is 12.52 from this year. Oh, damn. He did that at, uh, in Belgium. He also ran 7.29 this year. At the oh. Diamond League. Is this this guy? Remember? Yeah, this is yeah. the bloke we've been talking about. Yeah. Maybe in our own message group, not on uh not on 
online, not on, not on, uh, on record, um, yeah. about his very progression. great progression. Um, third place, Grant Fisher. So he ran thirteen oh one. That bloke's just up and about. He's he could win anything at the moment. Any race he goes in, basically, like on the track. Anyway, five ten k's. Um, only seven of the eleven finished in the men's race. Yeah, apparently not great viewing, Croaks. I know you hated the track before it even started. Uh, you couldn't really tell when the laps were going. You didn't know how fast people were were, were traveling. The yeah. bends looked a bit tough. But even the construction of the course looks crap. Like you can see these joins in the middle. And actually, I reckon um, Kajelcha, I reckon he stepped off after he took like, he hit like a rough patch of the track and it looked like he just went like, stuff this, I'm, I'm done. Um, like I get it, like the street festival, you know, it's innovative and, you know, it's, I guess they're trying something new because I know they had the pole vault out there, um, which Aussie won, um, Kennedy. And they also had shot put. But, like, if you're going to put a running event out here, put the 100 metres. Like, all you need is 100 metres straight. And it's it's similar to the stadium. Unlike, you know, this course is nothing like running a 5K on the track, which is what they've been doing all season. Like, as I said to you boys in our group chat, like, yes, I hate it. And it's like the bloody NBA taking the, the finals down to freaking Venice Beach courts. Like, you know, yeah, you bring it to the people, but... It's not the way that they've done their whole season, um, so I, I hope they I hope they scrap it. And I've actually heard um, a couple of interviews today. Uh, Sidious Mag had like a um, well, they're interviewing athletes like after the um, was it fifth mile? Uh, yeah, the fifth fifth uh, sorry fifth half mile, and no nobody loves it. Like none of the elite athletes love it. So hopefully it gets canned for good. Well, you could even see that the fields were small. There was, I think, the men's race, how many people pulled out there. Like, there was only maybe 11 in there and only seven finished. Maybe there was a pacemaker. Yeah. But, yeah, it didn't feel like a final. Like, that, they're meant to be the special ones. It felt like a real gimmicky kind of thing with the footage I saw. And, like, the footage cut away for a long period of time where they missed the race. Um, back on, you're, talking, you're talking big money here as well. And so, yeah. How much, like do, the, do you know the prize money for Diamond League final? Uh, is it like maybe 70 grand? Yeah, I'll look that up. But I'll back um, on Dominic. Can I just talk about him for a second? So he yeah. was, he is the same guy. So uh, South Sudan, but then he took refuge in Kenya when he was eight, and then he took up running when he was 15, and then he has permanently settled in Switzerland. Um, so he was the guy for a while there. He couldn't leave Switzerland, so he could only do certain races that were in, in Switzerland, obviously. But then his progression has been incredible. Like he's gone from... Um, his 5K was 14.02 in 2020, and now down to 12.52, and he ran. He took it, yeah, he took it down to 13.34 in 2021, um, and then he represents. He runs for On now. Same thing. His 10K went from 28.32 to 27.58. Um, so yeah, name to to look out for in the future. Bit of Muhammad Katir about him from last year. Yeah, that progression. Yeah. Yeah, when fifteen hundred three three fifty two to three thirty nine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, keep an eye out for Dominic, and yeah, obviously when he's coming second in Diamond League finals, uh, the prize money because we will talk about this because there are a few guys and girls um, getting close to some prize money there. So the final is thirty thousand dollars US. Okay. 
second of 12,000. Where did Rose finish? What position? She would have picked up tenth, some cash here. Yeah. Uh, tenth. Just says, nah, pays down to eighth. Ooh. Eight, 1,000 for eighth on this sheet here. I assume this is this year. Um, so, yeah. So that would be why those boys in that race, what were they? They were uh, eighth, no, ninth, tenth, and eleventh. Decided not to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good call, actually. So that was the um, the five k, which was on the day before. Then they went back to the stadium for the for the track events, the shorter track events, and the men's fifteen hundred. This had Stewie, and it also had Ollie Hoare in that. Ollie was third. He ran three thirty point five nine. His second best time ever. Fifth best time for an Australian ever, and um, equals the Australian best result in a 1500 meter Diamond League final, because uh, Stewie was also third in 2021. Stewie in the same race was fifth, 331.45, so not far behind his fourth best time ever. Spoke about him last week, hitting form at the right time, and you know Ollie, that kind of yo-yo effect you're talking about, Croaks or Moose. I think you just said it. Like they can have some poor ones, but then bounce back in these longer seasons. And um, Jakob, he had a great race, 3.29, didn't he? World lead. And um, just doesn't look like getting beaten, that bloke. And he's managed a long season as well. You know, I just watched this before. Um, it was incredible. The man is so dominant. I can't remember watching athletics seeing a more dominant distance runner. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I've only started watching the last 10 years. So I missed the Bikili era, the Gebra Slassi era, the um, Algarouge era. And so, like, I mean, Rudisha was dominant. Um, oh, who's the uh, 1500 girl at the moment that's super dominant? Faith. Keep Faith, Keep Yagon, very dominant. But Jakob, he just doesn't ever look like getting beaten, does he? Like, he just owns the race. He's a tactical genius, but he has the strength and the confidence to back back that up. It's mm. uh, it's quite incredible. Like, I, I feel like we're witnessing something very special. And you feel like the defeat at the World Champs maybe just made him, um, you know, refine his tactics? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was great for us that he lost because it's going to keep him engaged in the, the sport, like... You you get the feeling that um, through watching those docos and and even hearing some things that Christian has said, uh, he obviously um, is a little more in tune with with those guys. That he he could walk away from the sport at any minute. Mm. So I, I I think we need to he needs to stay engaged somehow. Whether it's world record, um, whether it's more competition to and and um, someone pushing him. Uh, it, yeah, we we need to keep him in the sport. I don't know what we do to do it, but yeah, because he's he's a generation like once in a generation type athlete. Pretty special. Any comments there, Croaks? Before we move on, fifteen hundred no, boys, pretty impressive. Yeah, I was impressed with Ollie to bounce back, but also his tactics were a little bit different in this race compared to the rest of the season. And I'm not sure whether it was because he didn't run so well last race that sort of dented his confidence, but he seemed to just hang back a little bit more and run through the field and like his last 150 was really like because Stewie was in front of him for a lot of the race but um, Ollie just sort of hung back wasn't quite as aggressive as he has been all season and then was able to run a fair few people down uh, down the straight yeah cool 
Um, then Great North Run, that happened last night. Uh, did you catch any of this footage, Crows? Because Moose no, and I saw it. I didn't. I'll talk about it then. Kipolimo and Borrega and Bakili kind of broke away. Um, Kipolimo ended up smashing everyone. Like he ran 59.30 ish, and I think Borrega was 60.30 ish. Brett Robinson was there in the picture a bit early. Didn't get to see much of the early stage of the race. They kind of keep going back and back and forward from the women's race to the, the charity kind of runners and all that kind of stuff. They do a pretty good job of covering it, I think, in general, to um, you know please everyone who's trying to watch it. And Brett Robinson did finish fifth, though. He finished fifth in 62.06. Saka um, Seguru, is that the Japanese? Seguru Osaka. The other way around. He um, he was fourth, and then Bikili, obviously, third. Borega, second. Kipolimo, first. So he's in pretty good company there, Brett, boys. And 62.06, that'd be his fastest half marathon. He's been doing a lot of them recently for the season, wouldn't he? Wouldn't it? Um, yeah, it'd be up there. I don't think he's run far. I don't think he's broken 62 this year, has yeah. he? Yeah, Launceston, I think, was maybe his fastest one. Because he did, what, Launceston, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast. Did he do another one? No, mm. he did his 10K in Sydney. This one's not legal, though, is it? It's net downhill, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's asterisk, right? You get a world best, but not a world yeah, okay. record. Because um, oh, Mono ran... He did break 62 at Launceston, 6159. Oh, just right yeah okay so not Um, not quite a season's best for him but very close no i thought it was i thought he was good i thought he 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 actually beat some serious runners in that field beat mark scott um and i thought he raced pretty well like he went with the pace and that pace was strong they had some like you look at suguru osaka he was a um he, he was a what was he fourth or fifth at tokyo olympics um you got Kip Limo, who is the world record holder. Bakili, obviously, we know Bakili. Mm-hmm. And Borrego, who is like a superstar on the track. Then you've got Brett Robinson. That's cool. That's yeah. great. And to be only a minute behind, like, Bakili and Borrego, like, that's, you know, in the half marathon, that's not a lot. And those guys, those guys are, like, world class. Mm. Yeah, you're looking at, oh, yeah, behind those guys. But he was still a ways off Kip Limo. Yeah, everyone was, though. It's pretty dominant yeah. there. Uh, the next bit of news, take me to... Did we do ladies? Well, we didn't have any Australian ladies there. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. have the results copy and pasted, but I'll tell you what I saw from the footage. It was a really... It was actually a great race. Great race, yeah. Yeah. Um, you tell me what you saw. Well, there's three, I, like, I, was watch, I turned it in halfway trying to work my VPN out, and I saw the Ethiopian, Ayana. I'm like, where do I know this name from? And um, I think I sent you guys a message. Like, is this the chick from Rio Olympics? And remember she ran 29 low, nearly broke the world record? She did break the world record. Oh, in that race, did she? Yeah. 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 And I I remember thinking, this is the most incredible performance in that 10K. Uh, She'll never be beaten again. And and then she disappeared. She, She got, I think she had a lot of injuries and maybe had one kid, maybe more than one kid. Um. And so she's back, and it was cool to see her. She was banging with Helen O'Beary was the pace driver. Like the whole way, she was on the front driving the pace. Um, Paris Jepchichir, the Olympic marathon um, gold medalist, was also in the pack, and there was another Ethiopian who was sort of floating between being dropped and and being up on the pack. 
Um, but when they got down to it that last mile, these three girls, it was off a pretty slow pace they were running. It was going and everyone was, was on their limit. Um, Helen O'Beary knows how to win races. So I, I thought, I'm like, she can't be on the front the whole race and still kick down, but actually she can. So 400 metres to go, all of a sudden, she's, her arms go higher. Oh, the yeah. swing gets stronger. <laughs> um, she's not the most, like, uh, pretty runner, um, but she gets it done. And, and her work rate increased at the end, and she ended up winning pretty comfortably over um, second place was Chepter Cheer, and then Iana was third. Yeah, five seconds separated them all at the end there. And uh, UK listeners, Charlotte Purdy was fifth, 78. 11 so she's leading into london too isn't she i think a lot oh. of these girls were going into london using this as their last hit out yeah yana ayana running london well the commentary said that and i'm like i don't know if she is i hadn't heard that but i know a is a beery new york yeah chapter cheer is london and ayana i wasn't sure what she was doing um but yeah she's uh that record i looked at before 29 17 for 10k yeah. 14 12 for 5k it was, it was hot too i reckon oh it's real hot yeah yeah it was just it was pretty it was phenomenal mm. um so yeah it'd be interesting to see what she's gonna run ayana because yeah. she's dominant at the time uh okay moose take us to zagreb zagreb yeah so in there's a race there we had a couple of Australians. Lyndon Hall ran the mile. First place, won the race. Second fastest Australian time ever, 4.21.10. Um, so, obviously, that's her PB. Uh, she's – what is the women's mile record, fellas? Jess Hull, is it? Jess did it just before, like, what, like this year. Yeah. They, they set it up. Do we know what it is? Uh, it's in the teens. Yeah, I know what it is. It it's a is, test um, for you. You should know that, Brady. It, it, oh, I'm not like Christian. You can just call off stats like that. We uh, talk about stats on here every week, so it's hard to keep them all. Luke like, Matthews would know that. 419.89. <laughs> she did okay. it real set up. Remember, a pacemaker's mm-hmm. paced her. Yeah. It was at that high school over in Oregon. What do you reckon about that time trial based uh, records compared to race, these ones? Well, it doesn't matter. Mm, you do it, you do it. Yeah, it does. It, it doesn't. It, you do. You can come tenth and win a world record. Look at well, look. Yeah, that's it. Look at the world record. Look at the five and ten k men's world records. Even the women's. They've used paces. They've used pace lights. Yeah, but that. Yeah, hasn't been a genuine race. Yeah, but that's why if you do it in a genuine race, it's a bit more special. I reckon. But that's why. That's why if you see it happen at the Olympics, it yeah. is. Uh, it is something else yes. because you've got. Like that's when Rodisha was so impressive that yeah he did it like exactly yeah, yeah it's yeah. different and people that's also my people, point that's what I'm saying pe- that people remember people remember it more because it is a major championship whereas the only way these things ever get talked about is like on our podcast the masses the masses don't see these events hmm. yeah but there was an, also a male race and it was three thousand meters Morgan McDonald was in it so our man's coming back mm. seven thirty nine oh five big race from from Morgan uh, it's a PB for him so he's right, coming off his 5k which was 13 14 was it no, um, 19. 13 19 okay and then yeah he's come back with 739 
05. Uh, he was in third place in that of that race. So he's, I mean, the season's about to end, isn't it, for Morgan? Yeah. He's yeah. one to watch for next year. He's going to have a cracker. Like if he stays in one piece, because he hasn't, he hasn't been back training like per, like full time for that long. So yeah, he's one to watch for next year. He's one Get to him. watch early next year. Like cross country, world, world cross, cross country titles. Yeah. I heard they're all coming home. Mm. They're going to spend like they talked about that on their podcast, Crooks. You listen to that uh, every week. I know, I know. Geordie Beamish has spoken about that. He's coming. He's going back to New Zealand for Christmas. Uh, and I did hear Ollie say somewhere that he was coming back around Christmas as well. So yeah, sounds like they're going to be here. I heard a whisper they're going to base themselves in Melbourne mm. to get ready for the World Cross Country Trials. He could win it, Morgan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got the pedigree there to win it. He's fast enough. Just, yeah. You've got to, got to start booking some accommodation for Bathurst, I think. It's going to be a great race. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be Even fun. Even the what, trials what, in Canberra, Crooks. Can I come stay at your place, sleep on the couch or something? Yeah, yeah. That'd be one, worth one watching. Can, Let's stream one, it. Let's try and get some technology, get some drones or something. One concern I do have, though, is I have heard a couple of the elite athletes on various uh, like social media say that they're not going to bother with World Cross next year because it's too far to come in the middle of like a you know like a indoor season or it just it, just, it doesn't sort of work too well. So I, I just hope the fact that you know we're obviously at the other side of the world to everybody else that it doesn't prevent some of the top people from coming, which there there is a chance of that happening. Mm. Potentially, mm. I still mm. think it's that deep that there'll be a lot of big dogs there, yeah. and I think the Ugandans, the Ethiopians, the Kenyans will all value it so much. Hopefully, who who are yeah. you talking about? Who on social media? Um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Heard it. Uh, I don't know. I'll try and I'll try and remember before the end of the show. Yeah, he knows all the goss, doesn't he, Moose? This bloke. <laughs> Maybe just to listen to other people's podcasts, yeah, it's not ours. No, this wasn't. A, this was on. Um, this was on YouTube. So, yeah, yeah, he's a real YouTube kind of boy, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Sets it up on the TV at home, puts the kids to bed. <laughs> Got the premium account, Crooks? No, I don't. Get all the ads. Oh, can't. I can't handle it. <laughs> what about when you put a kid show on there, Moose, and the ads come up? Like, do you get that happen to you guys? Bree's mm, not into the ki- the sh- like YouTube for the baby. No, because we have like A B. We use like ABC Kid, ABC Kids, and the Disney app. So you just download what you want to watch. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. this next segment, boys, we're talking Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival. It's returning Sunday, the second of October. Run past the city's most loved landmarks and finish on the Holland Turf of the MCG. Secure your spot at melbournemarathon.com.au. Race week is getting pretty close, boys. Uh, sure, you're coaching a few people at the moment. What are you doing in programming first? There'll be a lot of listeners preparing for this race who potentially don't have a coach as qualified as Bradley Croker and Julian Spence. So uh, let's give the listeners some tips about what training is looking like. They'll be listening to this two and a half weeks, if you listen on a Wednesday, from the race day. So, Moose, what are you seeing? What are you doing? What are you telling well, this people? Is, two and a half weeks is where we start to wind start to wind things down gradually. So we uh, we keep the frequency of running up, but we reduce the volume um, just just initially slightly. So uh, coming into this weekend, like it won't it'll just be a shorter long run. So two weeks out, we'll do a we'll do a maybe eighty percent of your normal long run. 
and that will take down the mileage for the week. And then two weeks out, uh, I like to run 80% of normal volume and then cut that down, including the, for the final week, including the marathon, maybe something like 60% of usual volume. And, but you keep the frequency of running up. So if you, you've got a routine that's where you run three, three or four times a week, well, keep running three or four times a week. Just reduce the volume that you're running. Um, so I don't, I don't like it when people just like um, pull stumps and, and just start sleeping in and um, just basically forgetting about <laughs> training because uh, you'll get to the day, you'll be stale, and, and you'll develop maybe some, some sort of bad habits through that last fortnight. At, um, at, at this stage, do you do more or less kind of marathon stuff, pace work, considering the race is getting closer? Well, you might be a little more specific to that pace, but less than you've done overall. So you're yeah. not going to go out and do a 10-mile tempo at marathon pace. Well, maybe you will. Maybe that's okay. Um, we're all different. But you you can probably start switching your workouts to try to dial in that marathon pace, um, even if they're not going to be as long as what they were the last two months. You're kind of talking as well from someone who's had a perfect build-up. Like there might have been people that had you know two or three weeks interruptions not long ago that might be doing a um, less aggressive kind of taper. Yeah, I, well, this is this is where it's hard to give specific mm, yeah. advice, but um, I think if you've had a really good run, then be a little more um, for, like generous to yourself in the taper. Yeah. So back it off a little bit earlier. Um, make sure that your body is cherry ripe for the start line. If that, you, if, yeah, that's where your probably attention's got to shift to about now. Like my my goal is to get onto the start line not to gain more fitness yeah that's yeah that's a good point um because i would rather i would take somebody any day of the week with a body that's 100 percent healthy no niggles no pains no gimpy gait pattern no like mental anguish about a potential injury um over someone who's missed a workout three weeks out or had to rest a few days in order to get it right so I'm taking that, that, that healthy body any day of the week. Krogs, any training tips for the Nike Melbourne Marathon, two and a half, three weeks out? Uh, Moose has, yeah, covered most of it. I normally, um, like two weeks out, most of my runners will do around two hours on the Sunday, and then a week out will be like 90 minutes. Um, the midweek long runs have pretty much gone now. Uh, I have like, I guess two, so they still do like, one marathon session a week but it's a lot less volume so you know one of the sessions might be like a two by four k or two by five k which is you know significantly shorter than what they have been doing and the other one is um, i often get them to run some stuff so they might do 1500 to 2k at marathon pace and then do like 500 meters a little bit quicker Mm. um it's sort of replica like one it when you then go back to marathon pace, it feels a little bit easier, but also it sort of replicates just, you know, getting a little bit excited on race day, going out a little bit too hard and then having to just dial it back and get back into into race pace again. Um, but, yeah, other than that, Moose has covered everything. And that can be great for people who are getting stale at this time of the build-up who have done a lot of marathon pace work just to mix it up a bit, probably more so mentally for them to just mm. do a different kind of workout, a different pace. And as you said, when you go back to that marathon pace, it will feel easy. Um, I've been doing a lot of like dress rehearsal stuff with guys probably it might depending on when you listen to this might be a bit too close to the race but 
say the last week, the last two weeks, where some of their bigger workouts has been, I want you out there at the same time as the start time, I want you having breakfast at the same time, you're going to have it on race day, I want you in the same shoes, the same socks, the same kit, all those kind of things. Um, just testing, a lot of people go out and purchase new stuff for marathon race days, new singlets, new shorts, all that kind of gear. So just getting in that and seeing how it feels when it's on you for, for two hours, for two and a half hours, for three hours to um, make sure you know there's no chafing issues and you're pretty comfortable when it comes to race day. So that's something to think about as well. And then uh, on the kit kind of stuff, Moose, Melbourne, the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival, going to happen start of October. We know the weather can throw up absolutely anything that day. So what are you seeing in store? Um, maybe any interesting things that people should be thinking about that they haven't thought about yet. I know I had a friend yesterday. She asked me about uh, chafing, for example. Mm. She's, just, she's doing her first half marathon, and she's like, hey, this whole chafing thing, I've never ran further than, you know, kind of 10K in her life, and now she's starting to do a couple of 14, 15K runs, gearing up for the half marathon, and yep. uh, experienced chafing for the first time. Oh, the two, like, the two cheapest, most undervalued, um, pieces of kit that you can you can get before a race is anti-chafe cream. So whether it's Body Glide or Sport Shield or there's a number of products out there, so much better than Vaseline. Don't use Vaseline; it's shit. There are actual products that won't cost you much at all that just improve <laughs> or enhance your experience of running so much more than if you don't use it. There's nothing worse than sort of getting halfway in and starting to have to sort of run with a real wide gate if you get crutch chafe or you're chafing under your arms or you got the blood nipples so i just bathe myself in anti-chafe before the start like there's really no harm in that the other thing is socks so a good pair of technical running socks can um can can really reduce your risk of blistering and and that's another thing that can happen like when you're out there longer than maybe you have been in the past you're on asphalt concrete um we get blisters on race days that we've never seen before and so a good pair of um, technical socks can help with that but yeah anti-chafe stuff Um, if it's going to be wet so if it's going to be really rainy then consider maybe wearing like a half tight in over a baggy split short i know that like you won't get that heavy sticky wet fabric like of a split short um and it can also help with chafing in being having a half tight rather than a a, a, a split short um and i can pockets in a half tight as well usually much better than splitties they are yeah gels yeah they are correct um you normally go and it yeah it's i don't know for some reason it just when it's wet i just like a t- half tight i don't think i'm the only one out there um, consider a hat if it's raining, um, keeping the water out of your eyes for a long period of time. It can just, it sounds ridiculous to start a race when it's pouring rain with a hat on, but it actually does shield your face from the rain when it gets heavy. Um, and I know it's way more comfortable for me wearing a hat on the flip side. If it's really warm, consider sunglasses because you're running down along the beach, the, the, the sun really can can beam up off the water and the road and you're squinting a lot if it's sunny so squinting sort of for me just fatigues me and even when it gets a bit windy sometimes it gets windy down there just a lot of dust blowing around a lot of sand just keep stuff out of your eyes so sunglasses is a good option 
if it's going to be a chilly morning, consider wearing a layer that you can peel off, like um, like running sleeves. So like arm sleeves are great if you're wearing a singlet. Like the, the arm sleeves will give you the feel of wearing like a longer sleeve um, top and you can peel them off as soon as you start to warm up. Um, same with gloves, like cover the extremities. Gloves, you can just pocket, chuck them to a mate on the side or you can just put them in a pocket in your shorts or tuck them down your pants. It's what I normally do. Uh, if you're really cold on the start line, chuck on an old jumper that you're going to get rid of. And I think Melbourne, Mar- like, would have to check on this, but a lot of the big races, they'll go and collect the warm-up kit from the start line. So if someone gets there 20 minutes into the, the gate beforehand, they're gonna, they might get cold, so they'll chuck on a, an old piece of, like, op shop kit and I think they might donate the, the, those, that clothing to, um, to somebody. So I don't know the details of what Melbourne does with it, but always a good idea. Um, covers it, I reckon. Covers it pretty good. The last point I wanted to talk about as well is some mental strategies on the day. Self-belief. I know I like to always, um, you know, at this time of the, the program, maybe in a week's time, have a look at my training from the last six or seven weeks and just spend some time looking over my workouts, trying to almost get a bit nervous before I race and seeing all the numbers actually convinces myself that I know I'm ready for, for the marathon. I'm looking back over the long runs and some of the bigger workouts and just your mileage in general is a good way to kind of get some confidence. I know mental strategies on race day, um, when I did Melbourne in 2015, I went through a really bad patch when you drop down. You guys know near like the art centre there on the way back? I'm going to say like 33k, 34k. I yeah, just where get, you, loop, you loop back under. Yeah, that you, yeah. yeah, you kind of turn at the art centre there left and then you go down a hill, which I found really difficult because I'd been running on the straight road for such a period of time. And then my my legs almost kind of got really jelly going down that hill and then you turn and go in this really quiet part of the course under a bridge so all of a sudden like yeah the lighting changes which i think impacts you when you're used to having sunlight on you um for a long period of the race and then you take a tight right hand turn and start climbing the hill towards the shrine so i think that's a really difficult part of the course because you get some downhill you get some darkness where it's quiet there's not much going on there and you're bracing yourself for the hill up to the uh, shrine of remembrance so then when I went back there last year, I was just like, hey, this is it. Like, be ready for this. Your legs might feel jelly going down this hill. You know, there's a bigger hill coming. Toby Mende put in a massive surge through there as well, which made my life difficult as well. So it was kind of like one of those things that I'm like, I'm preparing for this mentally because I know what it's going to do to my body physically. Um, and yeah, I think it's just important to, you know what I also do with bigger races like this? I watch the previous year's footage of their live streams um just to like and i'll just have it on the background when i'm at home kind of thing but just to hear what the people doing the comments are talking about have a look at like what they what you're seeing on the course um i think it's really good like for mentally for that visualization stuff to just know what you're preparing for on race day um and especially if you haven't run this course before that's a really valuable resource Anything else yep. there, boys? Mental strategies? Anything I know Moose has spoken about before, like you'll have different parts of the course where you'll be thinking about significant people in your life? Uh, yeah, and save that to the end. Save like save the adrenaline-boosting, um, more emotive stuff till late, I reckon, when you need it early on. Be just disciplined. It, it's all about being disciplined and patient early on. It's a marathon and... 
you can really lose the race and ruin your race in the first 15k if you're not careful so just think about it um if you if you're with a pack that you're not supposed to there's still time to get out of that there's still time to remedy it um so just you're going to have to check the ego a little bit have people running past you is totally fine in the first 30k people running past you is not a problem because you'll get them back later if you run your race well Mm, croaks mentally uh like in the days leading up and even the morning like don't waste energy on things you can't control like i know everyone gets obsessed with oh what's the what's the forecast going to be for that whole week leading up and it's like well you can't change it so just it is what it is on the day um i know like over the next two weeks like the conversations i'm having with most of my athletes is coming up with their strategy so you want them on the start line being confident in the plan that you've put together um and so obviously that plan should be challenging but realistic um and and as then and then that goes into the whole whatever strategy you've then come up with be disciplined don't go oh 5k in i feel way better than you know say it's four minute k's it was the strategy oh, i feel way better than four, like four minute k then you know at four minute k's i'm going to run 350s or 355s like just be patient and then when it starts to get tough which it will you know 30k 35k that's where just keep putting one foot in front of the other and have faith that all of those long runs and those long marathon specific sessions, that's, you know, having done those, that's what gets you through those last, you know, five to 10K. Yeah. And break it up mentally as well. Like it's about, you know, a lot of people use the 5K markers. So it's like get to, especially when you're going through those bad patches. Like if you're having a bad day at 20, it's like it's about getting to 25. It's not about mm. getting to 42 at that stage. And then when you get to 25, it's about getting to 30. Um, and it, when you mentally break it down like that, or, you know, just even time-based, sometimes I use that in a race. It's about stringing another 15 minutes together at this pace and then reassessing when you get to that. Yeah, it's a good point, Brady. Like another thing is you will go through a bad patch, but that doesn't mean that that's going to continue for the rest of the race. Like I know even myself at Gold Coast, I go to like 37 or 38K and I'm like, holy hell, I'm like, I'm completely shot here. And then that lasted for maybe five minutes and then I felt okay again. So yeah, you are going to have rough patches, but they will go away and you will come good again. So just try and stay positive and keep reminding yourself that this isn't, this isn't permanent. It will go away and you'll have a good patch again. Yeah, I'm just looking at my Strava from last year, 29 to 30. I had two really slow Ks because I had a really bad stitch. And I was like, I'm going to end up pulling out right here if this does not improve. And I'm going to have to explain this on the podcast on Monday night. And this is going to be awkward because I hate pulling out of races. And then the stitch went away a K after and we, we rolled home. But every one of us goes through bad patches in a race. And my last point about the core stuff your gps isn't the course it isn't the timing for the race the 5k markers the 1k markers on the course is what the race is going at your gps is going to be different from that so maybe get into a habit of manually if, if it's 5k splits you want to do or 1k splits or whatever it is turn off your gps splits on your watch and then manually hit the lap button on your watch to get accurate splits when you do go past the big signed um k markers because there's people who have always you know, fallen in a trap of pacing their race off their GPS. Um, and we know that the GPS obviously is gonna measure more here. Mine measured 20, 42.73 last year. Um, so yeah, be prepared to see an extra five, 600 meters on your watch after the race. Don't base your race on that one. Yeah. 
Um, and look at, yeah, if you're interested, look at other people's Stravas and stuff as well. You can see where the faster and the slower Ks are, all that kind of stuff's on the internet. Uh, the Nike Melbourne Marathon did want us to tell our listeners that they're currently at 96% capacity for the half marathon. There are only a couple of spots left. Um, they'll probably be sold out for next week, they're predicting there. So if anyone is wanting to register or upgrade, downgrade the entry, now is the time. And the marathon is at 90% capacity, so not far behind the Nike Half Marathon there, which is pretty impressive. It's going to be a big day. Um, and yeah, massive thanks to Nike Melbourne Marathon for supporting the Inside Running Podcast. Secure your spot today, Sunday 2nd of October, your city, your run, melbournemarathon.com.au. We're done there, boys. Listen to question croaks. Two there for you to choose from. All right, I'll do the top one. Uh, hi, guys. Night, wasn't it? Here we go again. Uh, hi, guys. Listen to question for consideration. With the experience and knowledge you all have now, if you went back in time, what words of wisdom would you give to your younger self as you embarked on your running journey? What, if anything, would you do differently? And that question comes in from Jamie. Good question. Mm. Deep one. This is an easy one for me easy as be patient mm-hmm. be patient going full send on training is not the brave thing to do or the uh um it's 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 not the all-in type you don't get the results from that like you think you do uh i i, I wish i could go back and change the attitude i had about running early and and just be patient with my training and not try to force everything. So don't you don't have to run 100 miles a week in your first year of running. You don't have to run 100K a week in your first year. Run 50K. Like, be patient with it. Build up over time slowly. That's how you're going to become the best runner eventually. Um, there is no short-term shortcut to getting better at running it, there just isn't one out there and 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 if you if you're looking for that then you you're going to get in trouble you're going to get injured you're going to miss years of running your progression will will halt and slow down you're never going to reach your potential you'll probably leave the sport as well i think yes yeah that's right you and and that may be a personality thing is like okay i'm going to invest everything in this i'm going to go i'm going to do basically just commit to it i want to go full send into the the running world um but it, it's it's not the type of like activity that that works for yeah i, I was going to say patience as well like it, i wish i could tell myself back in the day like it's a long-term game distance running like it's not about it's probably not even about like three to five years it's about 10 to 15 um and if you stick at it and if you be consistent and you're, you're patient and you can string the weeks which lead to months, which leads to years together, that's when you're going to see your best results. And I think if I go back as well, it's probably about building routines that are sustainable because I think they really help you with your training as well to consistently get out there and do it. Crokes? Yep. Uh, pretty much the same. Just like I remember one of my coaches and I was too young to sort of realise at the time but it was like, um big picture little picture sort of conversation and the problem is like i see even now with people that i coach it's like they come to running relatively new and everything is geared towards the race in six weeks or you know six months and it's like yes you want to like that keeps you motivated in the short term but you want to have one eye 
10 years down the track. And so many runners don't have the discipline to think that way, which means that, yes, they are then cooking themselves in sessions because they're thinking that if I do this really hard now, that's going to help me in six weeks' time for that race. Um, and so that was probably, yeah, I'm sure we've all made that mistake. So that's probably the one thing which then would have maybe allowed me to, like I wish I'd probably moved up in distance a bit earlier to the marathon and ran sort of more consistent miles um, earlier in my running journey. You know, I, I only hit probably 100, 100 miles for the first time ever when I was, uh, what, early early 30s or something. Um, so And I'd been running for a long time before that. Yeah, I wish I did more long runs and less fast workouts, which were like races. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to say that though when you're old. I know. Like, now I'm just when like... you're young, it's like the, the the short stuff comes easy, and the long stuff you're like, oh, this is crap. This is a grind. But yeah. now that you're old, you like you wish you did that when you were younger. Yeah. And now that we got more like the stuff we started talking about at the start of the show, like exposure to these older runners, like who were successful, talking about that was their that was their main workout. Like the long run was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Taking I... forty, taking an hour. Making an hour run a forty-minute run, that was or, or a sixteen k run into a twelve k run. Just when you were right in the line, you didn't need to do like you didn't need to push it. So many injuries came from that. From what was you saw on paper, oh my program says I have to do this. I go out and do that. Yeah, mine was more trying to beat the pace guide though, and like the pace oh, guide okay. probably being too quick. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Definitely. hey, do three by three k at nine oh at three oh fives. It's like, well, I'll do them at threes. And also, and back you're then, the whole day beforehand and stuff, and you just like get cooked at the end of it. But then your yeah. long runs only like an hour forty five. Whereas I wish I was doing two and a half and just you know run at three twenties for the workout. Yeah, and back then too, most people were doing three like quality sessions a week. Um, which, like going back, I I would probably have preferred just to have done two. Um, whereas, you know, three was the go. Three was it was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and they were always pretty hard. We've hit some good training talk topics tonight, boys. That was good. Thank you. Uh, who was that sending that? Jamie, Jamie. Jamie. Thanks, Jamie, for sending that one in. Moose on the Loose, Purchase of the Week. What do you got this week, Julian? Oh, I've actually bought some stuff now that you think about it. So I got a um, waterproofer. So I got this awesome Patagonia jacket. Uh, last year, it's, I think we might have talked about it. Maybe we didn't, but it's like top of the line, waterproof, Gore-Tex Pro. It's like you go outside and you are not getting wet. It's just the most brilliant jacket. Anyway, I wore it mowing the lawn the other day. I don't, I don't, I don't mow the lawn very often, so I didn't realize how much petrol I'd get spilled all over it. And then it just cooked it. And so I bought this waterproof. It, it stopped being waterproof. And so I bought this waterproof spray and um, applied it today. It looks pretty good, actually. looks pretty good. So I put some water on it, beat it off. So I reckon I might have saved the jacket. Um, that's one thing I, I bought. Also bought a flirt pole for my dog. So you might have to Google what that is. But basically it's like a big fishing rod looking thing. Where you where you, where you, you, you um, encourage your dog's prey drive, so it chases it round, um, and you it's basically like a cat toy for a dog. And sometimes you let them have it if you got like a good end to it, like a leather thing. You get it, you let them bite it or whatever. 
um, that hasn't arrived yet. So that's that's a, sh- a shame. I'm looking forward to that coming. Um, but this mo- the, the moose on the loose, this one was – have you noticed lately that brands have moved away from – like running brands have moved away from supporting runners, but they're quite happy to support non-running celebrities or influencers? Mm-hmm. You've noticed? Also like, the influencers. Yeah. And um, like they're lo- like a lot of runners losing deals. Some companies, I know it's different between giving a pair of shoes, but I'm sure some of these influencers get money as well. So these runners losing contracts and um, struggling to sort of get around the country, get around Europe because they got no money and not on a holiday, like working trips, obviously. But then like you're seeing random celebrities who don't run rock up being alpha flies vapor flies other brands shoes and you think what was the priorities here like are the marketing departments from these companies uh are they so far removed from running that they don't think it's important to look after the actual sports that they're trying to sell shoes in or do they think because someone has twenty thousand followers they're they're going to get more shoes sold from that and I think like this, this has been going on f- for a while, uh, culm- like culminating today. And I had our good friend Zaka sent us a sound grab from um, must have been a radio show that Sam Newman was on, saying I think that it's Nike his podcast. I think he's got a podcast. Oh, surely no one listening to that. Well, someone did because obviously <laughs> Zaka was. Zaka will listen to it, send it to us, and someone said, would have sent it to him. Nike, basically Sam Newman's gone on and said Nike um, called me up, told me to come and get some shoes and they gave him the, the Zoom 2% as he was calling them. Uh, so he's walk, he doesn't run or anything, I don't think. So he's walking around Melbourne and he's not, as he refers to the Nike Zoom 2%. Um, so that was good of Nike to, to look after. Like I mean, to me, in my mind, the credibility of the brand suffers, and the sh- the credibility of the shoe suffers if you if you bastardize it, right? So you take a shoe like the Alpha Fly, which is a high end premium running shoe, like what, and you you give it to someone to go walking around town in, like that's not good for your shoe. That's not good for the reputation of that shoe or the credibility of it. In my mind, it's not anyway. Mm. Um, I just wonder how that happens. So that, sh- that shoe should go to a running influencer like yourself, Moose. Why aren't I getting that shoe? <laughs> My 50k a week, I need that shoe. Nah. So I, why that, isn't like Andy or Liam or someone getting Sinead getting an extra pair of that shoe? I'm sure she's obviously Nike. She gets some to start with, but like, yeah, where could that shoe be going? That's what frustrates me. But yeah, I and yeah, there's they're probably there's shoes going to their athletes, of course, um, but there are there's not as many athletes like Nike athletes anymore. Um, and there's only a certain amount of these shoes that hit the country. Like these are allocations, these are small units. And so it frustrates me when I see them, one of those pairs that could have gone to a runner end up on a celebrity to walk around St Kilda in. Yeah, or even just sold to an actual runner who wants to do the Melbourne Marathon in three hours and 10 minutes in three weeks' time. Yeah, like, they don't get know, a pair. Th- th- yeah, yeah, hey, they're sold out. We we only got 20 pairs and we sold them all. 
Yeah. So, but do you think the whole influencer yeah. thing, though, how influential is it? Do you like? Yeah. Well, I don't I, like because these like you say it's influential because they got twenty thousand followers on Instagram, but like. Are people buying shoes because they see an influencer wearing those shoes? This is what I'm sure the marketing people all figure out, and that's probably why they give it to them. But, like, you put that person down at Park Run on a Saturday or t- come down to the, the town realize on the weekend, um, go do an f- actual fun run, and, you know, do they have any influence in the real I, world, not just behind I, a screen? They've got to have influence in the running community, That's sure. what I mean. Yeah, I'm saying I don't yeah. think they have any influence in the running community. No. And I don't think their followers would you know, be runners that would be influenced by them. I think, you know, there'd be a lot of, um, I don't know, yeah, it depends on who the influencer is, you know, the the demographic of their runners. When we saw that Tim Robards bloke telling people to do high knees in the middle of the city to surf. He was the ambassador. Um, He was the ambassador for the city to surf. So he got that as a paid position. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, why? Like, are, are we that starved of personality in the running world that that's where we've ended up? Maybe we are, but I, I, I don't think so. I think um, it just frustrates me here, like, that our sport has turned to that. Like, in that, say, let's say the AFL world, right? They're not grabbing a, a tennis player and whacking AFL boots or, like, footy boots on going, hey, this is it, or a celebrity trying to sell a footy boot. Mm. Like, you don't, you don't see that. You don't see... Um, celebrities with tennis rackets or influencers with tennis rackets trying to sell that. They've got tennis players with tennis rackets. Golfers, like there are actually, there are some celebrities who market golf brands. I'll I'll pay that. Um, But this is like, why in running do we not use our our actual um, elite sportsmen and sportswomen as the, the marketing tool? Good point. I like it. Sammy Newman. He's been, hasn't he, he been cancelled like 10 times by now as well? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I can't tolerate it. I, it's, <laughs> I don't like I, Yeah, let's move on. I'll give you some things to tolerate. This weekend, it's a super weekend of running here in Australia um, because we've got the Australian Marathon Championships up in Sydney. That We spoke about that last uh, last week. Athletes Australia announced it yet, Moose. Have you seen any press? Oh. I still haven't. Well, I haven't. No, I haven't looked, but it hasn't popped up. Just quickly, you open their Instagram page, Croaks. You have a look at their Facebook page, because I'm going to tell you about the uh, the elite fields in the Sydney Marathon. I said I, last week that I'd had a sneak peek of them, and they are pretty impressive. There's one two oh four marathoner, um, Ruben Kiprop Kipiego from Kenya. He's ran two oh three fifty five and then there are three two oh four guys, four two oh four guys, two two oh five guys, two two oh six guys that make up the men's elite field. Mostly Kenyan, couple of Ethiopians in there. They bring their own pace makers as well. Um, South African, Stephen Mokoko. He he won something, didn't he? He went to Lake Biwa. Yeah, yeah, he was at he was at Lake Bay well when we were there. Yeah, Brady. that's where I know that name. Edwin Kippergat. There's some bring him some good pacemakers, so they'll want that fast. Women, they've got two sub two twenty marathons coming. Um, the Nambian, Johan- Johannes. We spoke about her before as well. She just raced something recently, didn't she? She raced with um Com Games. Yeah, she's yeah. no, I don't, I think she pulled out of the race, didn't she? She might have. 
Should have done oh. some research here. I've just got the elite fields in front of me. So two stub 220 girls, one 220, a handful of 221, 222, 223 girls, and uh, they got their own pacemaker, 207 guy from Kenya as well there. So huge international elite fields. The only Australian mention in the Sydney um, press release that I got sent through was Sinead Diver is going to be running the half marathon and Ryan and Genevieve Gregson will be doing the bridge run. Is that 10K, Crokes? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. So not sure who's in the Australian Marathon champs. Not sure. Is Was there any announcements on their social media? No, not on Facebook. Yep, so that still hasn't been announced, and it's in five days. Um, who's anything on their Instagram? Nothing up there, nothing. So... And- um, I wonder how the states are going sending sending teams to that as well. That'd be hard Brady, for them to do. Johannes was uh, third in Birmingham. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, mm. she won Gold Coast, right? She, she won, won Gold, Gold Coast, Coast and finished third this year. Yeah. Yep. So that's a short turnaround, though. Birmingham to this. She's pretty quick. I reckon she's like a two twenty two runner, maybe two nine. No, she run. She's run two nine eight fifty two. Oh, damn. by one second. Johannes. So that's on Sunday. Um, Then Cydia Bay is... So this is the Australian Road Running Championships, boys, which is also on Sunday. So a big clash there with the Road Championships clashing with the Marathon Championships. There's 12K and half marathon over there. The 12K is the Australian Championships. Um, So they kind of do that in cooperation with the um, event over there. Good money. 3000 bucks first prize for both the races over there, the 12K and the half marathon. So I reckon if you enter the half marathon, all the big dogs go to the 12K. It could be an easy way to pick up some money over there in South Australia. I wonder if this is the first year that they put the half marathon on, because it used to just uh, be last the... Last year as well, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, last year as well. It's pretty new. Um, and I'm hearing big whispers. you guys heard anything about who's going to do that? No. You'll be very pleased know. to hear this name, Moose, going to Adelaide on the weekend. Going to Adelaide? Yeah. City of Bay? You'll be very oh, pleased. Oh, Andy Buchanan. No, not even. He's at 10, really. Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner. Jack Get Rainer. him out of that team. Out of the Western Athletics team, which I don't think they're happy about because they flew him home to do 10 relays to try and you know hold down that second position. They um, flew him home. Yeah, no, they did, supposedly. Because he wanted to stay over there because he's got to do London Marathon. Um, he's doing London Marathon in a couple of weeks. So um, they flew him home and he's got to do this and then he's yeah, going to the Australian Road Racing Champs and he'll go back, supposedly. This is all just from Nath Pierce. So I'm not sure how accurate it is. Not good for the Western Athletic boys. On the Tan Railways, which is also happening this week on Saturday morning. Geez, it'd be good to get some fields, wouldn't it? How how bad is this segment trying to build some hype for these races when we've got no fields? Um, the Tan Railways, that's the last race of the AV season, which is happening. So a big triple header of the of running in Australia here on the weekend. I'm sure something's happening overseas. Uh, but that's stuff to look forward to there. Another little announcement I had, we're doing that Melbourne Marathon live show, which I, we spoke about last week, thanks to Ernie Old. They're our partner for this one. Um, Crokes isn't going to be there, Crokes, but we filled your seat. Filled it pretty easy in the end with a real big dog, the queen of Melbourne Marathon, Sinead Diver, is going to be filling in for Bradley Croker. She's the 2018 winner. She's the record holder on that course. 
Um, so looking forward to hearing all things from Sinead at that show. Tickets, unfortunately, if you haven't got one, did sell out pretty quick. Um, after we went to Patreon supporters, there was only eight available. So um, they were snapped up really quick. And it's pretty not the biggest venue in the world, so um, pretty tight venue and we can't have any more seats in there, unfortunately. But 70, 70 seats will be nice to, um, to have there in Melbourne. Details for the unofficial after-party will be out sometime closer to the date as well. So if you haven't got a ticket but want to come down for a beer, maybe get Moose to sign your T-shirt or something, he'll be uh, fighting around, have a beer with him, and it should be good to uh, yeah have a couple of beverages after the live show. So that'll be fun, boys. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be good. Be good. Really looking forward to it. Yeah. Jealous. Yeah. Well, you said you can't come. What are you doing? You're going to a wedding or something, yeah. aren't you? No, I've got a few things on. It's a long weekend too. Oh, is it? Is it finals that weekend as well? NRL? Are they the finished N- by then? The NRL fin- yeah, the NRL oh. finals that day. It's birthday. We pushed the birthday party back for this. <laughs> and you still can't get here. <laughs> Couldn't have two people pulling out. Had to get two of us here. Um, so thank you for you doing that, Moose. And um, I'm thinking London Marathon will be happening that evening. So we could be like drinking beers after the live show, you know, potentially following the tracker seeing Brett Robinson break the Australian record. Could be a special day in Melbourne. So what Couldn't you're it? saying is you're going, to be, you're going to be the guy in the corner being antisocial just on your phone oh, I'm going to the after the, party. Actually, they're asking about um, what we want on the TVs and stuff there. I might try to get the, the race actually on the TV. Do you know Moose is bringing his Australian singer at Croaks? He got it framed up. He's going to bring it down for people to pose in front of for photos. Bullshit. No, he's got it. He, this is what Zach and him have been talking about during the week. Yeah, well, we've got to get people there somehow. Well, mate, we sold it out. There's people going to be there. So, uh, yeah, that should be good. So that's the last announcement there. Nothing else is happening. No interview this week. Thanks to people that wrote in last week, though, with the uh, Hugh Van Collenberg one. Very grateful for those comments that come in there. And, um, Bruce, what are you doing between now and next week? Ten realize. Um, What am I doing? Um... There was something I was going to do this week. I can't remember it. I'll tell you about it next week when I do it. Okay, that would be good. Croaks, what are you doing between now and next week? Uh, chatting to the King of the North, I guess, oh, yeah, on Wednesday. Wednesday night. Find out why he's run close to 200K two weeks out um, from the marathon. Has yeah. he? Well, that was, yeah, so up until the end of last week. I think you ran 191K last week. He'll have an answer for you. Two weeks out. He'll have an answer for you ready to go because he'll hear this before he does it. <laughs> the King of the North, yeah. Thanks to all the new uh, Norwegian listeners out there who are enjoying that show as well. All right, boys, we're done. That was episode number 254. We'll do it all again next week. See you, boys. See ya. See ya. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength, informed, sports-certified formulations to support recovery, boost immunity, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Available online now at pillarperformance.shop.